talked about how we looked at the variation in uh, complication rates between hospitals. And I should also note that that was done on what we call a risk-adjusted basis. So when we looked at the complication rate in one hospital versus another, we took into account the complexity of those patients because obviously one hospital may have a high rate of complications, but they may just be treating very complex patients. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Grattan Podcast channel. You're with Megan from the Grattan Institute, and today we're discussing the cost of complications in Australia's healthcare system. One in every nine patients who go into hospital in Australia suffers a complication. If they stay in overnight, the figures rise to one in four. These complications don't just have consequences for the patient. Complications have to be treated, and this can significantly add to the costs of care. Understanding the size of the costs of complications is important because it can help show that investing in patient safety can actually improve the bottom line. However, getting a handle on these costs is not straightforward. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Greg Moran, Senior Associate in the Health Program, to discuss Grattan's recent work estimating the costs of hospital complications and some of the challenges involved in this analysis. Welcome, Greg. Hi, Megan. First of all, Greg, can you give us some context around the work you've been doing in this area? Yeah, so this analysis is part of a series of reports that Grattan's doing on the safety and quality of hospital care. So... The first of these reports was called Strengthening Safety Statistics, and it came out in uh, November last year. And it was basically a broad survey of the various types of information about patient safety that we currently have, and looking at ways that we can improve those sources of information, how we can make that info uh, more usable and useful. And then the second uh, report in this series was called All Complications Should Count, And that report came out in February this year. And that was focused on the variation in complication rates at hospitals. And because we can observe uh, variation, that suggests that there's scope for improvement in safety performance. And then thirdly, the upcoming report, which will be released in the uh, next few weeks or so, that will include some of the analysis that we're going to talk about today. Mm. And it's going to focus on some of the financial and regulatory aspects of hospital safety and quality. Mm. Uh, I mentioned in my intro that um, getting a handle on the costs of complications is not straightforward. Can you explain a bit more about what the specific problems or challenges are in that in that area? Yeah, so the fundamental problem is that we don't actually measure or record the cost of complications directly. That would be a problem. Yes. <laughs> so the source of information that we do have on hospital costs is something, well, the major source is something called the National Hospital Cost Data Collection. Mm-hmm. And that's a collection undertaken by the Independent Hospital Pricing Authority. And the main function of that collection is to inform the activity-based funding of public hospitals. And so the activity-based funding system, it's essentially a system where we fund public hospitals on the basis of the complexity and resource use of the activities they do. Mm. So it makes sense when you think about it that if a particular hospital is um, providing more complex care, then they'll be um, and more and care that uses more resources, then they'll get higher levels of funding. And so the basic way that that system works is on the basis of um, classifying individual hospital episodes into what we call diagnosis-related groups or DRGs. And that's just basically a way of grouping together episodes um, that are similar in nature, uh, uh, similar in uh, the level of resources they use. And so just going back to 
what this collection involves. So it's it's at, it's at the episode level, and so it contains the diagnosis-related group of each episode. It contains information about the patient, so demographic information like age and sex, uh, and also includes all the information about the diagnoses of those patients, so basically the conditions or illnesses uh, that the patient had while they were in hospital, and also information on all the procedures that may have been undertaken on the patient uh, while they were in hospital. And then, of course, the final aspect and the most important one is uh, it includes cost data. Hmm. And so the interesting there, uh, thing there is that the cost data and cost information isn't organised around, well, the patient had this condition and it costs um, so much to treat or this procedure was performed and that costs so much to treat. It's actually arranged in uh, cost buckets, which are like uh, resource buckets, which represent the source of the cost. So it's actually arranged in things like, well, what were the prorated nursing salaries and doctor's salaries that, that, contrib- that were uh, contributed to that episode? Or what were the hospital overheads that contributed to that episode? Or what was the cost of supplies involved in that episode? So that's kind of the fundamental issue there. We sort of have the cost data, Mm. but it's not necessarily in uh, the format we would like for these purposes. Mm. We don't have it in that format of, well, this condition costs this much to treat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, it all sounds like great data, very useful in some ways. But if we aren't recording the cost of complications directly, how do we estimate it? So we can use regression analysis to essentially model the cost of hospital episodes on the factors that we think drive the cost of those episodes. And now I'm sure a lot of listeners will be familiar with um, (laughs) regression analysis, but some might not be. Those of us playing at home who aren't. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, to put it very simply, it's just a statistical technique where we can estimate the expected change in one variable based on changes in one or more other variables. So Mm -hmm. in our case here, we're interested in the change in the cost of a hospital episode uh, given the characteristics of that episode. Mm -hmm. What sort of characteristics would you be talking about there? So in our model, we look at things like uh, the diagnosis-related group, which Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. Um, comorbidities, which is a technical term for the other conditions or illnesses that the patient may have that are in addition to the main reason they're in hospital, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sex and age of the patient, Mm -hmm. um, the Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander status of the patient, Mm -hmm. um, other characteristics of the episode, like whether it was an emergency uh, admission, um, whether the patient died uh, during the episode, whether they were transferred to another care facility, whether the episode was uh, a same-day episode. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the one we're really interested in, whether complications arose mm-hmm. during the episode. And so then how do you take that data and and do the more specific analysis that Grattan has done? So basically we set out – so that list of variables I talked about, that's essentially our model, and we get all of that information from the hospital cost data collection. Is there a lot of it? So we had um, over – so we had – data for one year 2014-15 and we had over 5 million um, 5 million episodes so about 5.2 million so just a bit so there was a lot there <laughs> um, required a bit of processing power um, so that's so we, yeah so we're working with quite a quite a large data set mm. um, which obviously helps with the robustness of our results 
And so once once we've kind of set out that list of variables as the um, as the set of things that we think drive the cost of an episode, at that point we can basically run the regression analysis mm. and and see what comes out of it. So we basically took um, so that was our basic model that set of that set of variables. But then we looked at two variations of that, basically variations in the way we treat complications. So firstly, uh, we just used a single variable representing whether there was at least one of any complication. Mm -hmm. And so we called that our any complication model. And then secondly, we included variables uh, for each individual type of complication. And so... In the, um, in the classification of complications we use, something called the classification of hospital-acquired di- diagnoses, mm. CHADEX, uh, there's 175 individual types of complications. So in that model or in that variation, we had 175 complication variables. Wow. Okay. Mm. And so once we've set out the model and our two variations of the model, um, the final step in setting up the analysis is to decide on the regression technique. Mm-hmm. And so I won't go into that in too much detail because it's probably a little, a little too detailed <laughs> even for this podcast. Um, but just to mention, sort of as a baseline, we look at um, an ordinary least squares approach or OLS, which again, those familiar with uh, regression analysis will have heard of that one. But mm-hmm. um, just to say that's kind of your most basic regression technique that you can use. But we also use a technique that's uh, slightly more uh, complex, where we instead of just modelling uh, instead of just modelling cost as it is, we actually model the natural logarithm of cost. Um, now, the reason we do that, it's actually quite a common thing to do when you have a variable which is what we're what we call uh, skewed. Mm-hmm. And so, in our context, what that means is in our cost data. Um, what we have is the majority of episodes are relatively low cost, but then we also have a few that are quite high cost. And so when you're performing regression analysis, sometimes having that kind of skewed data can pose some challenges. Mm. And so one way to address it is to use this approach of using the log of the variable that you're interested in. Explain that a little better for me. What do you mean by that, the log? So essentially, when you take the logarithm, it can take... It can take a series that's quite skewed that Mm. has a few very high values and the logarithm actually brings those back. So Mm. what you've got is a series that's not so skewed and traditional uh, estimation techniques can kind of deal with that a lot better. Great. And how well did your models manage to estimate the cost of those hospital episodes? So our any complication model, so that was our model with just the one complication variable, Mm. That seemed to perform quite well, and we were able to predict the cost of episodes uh, pretty accurately. But what we found with the individual complications model was that it tended to over-predict cost. Hmm. Um, And specifically what we found was if an episode had five or more individual complications, it tended to quite highly over-predict cost and Hmm. um, not work well at all. Hmm. And so I think... Our thoughts on this was that it's probably an outcome of um, the regression technique where we've used the log of the cost. Yeah. Because when you do that, what you're estimating, when you estimate the effect um, the effect on cost of one of your characteristics or variables that you're mm. modelling, what you're actually estimating there is a percentage effect. So mm. if this particular characteristic is present, 
what is a percentage change in cost. Mm -hmm. And so what happens there is when you've got a lot of complications present, that percentage effect just starts to multiply and multiply. Because it starts on a particular base, but then obviously if you add 10%, then 10%, and then 10%, it just grows and grows. And so the model doesn't actually work that well when you've got too many of those complications uh, present. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, um, episodes where there are a lot of complications are quite rare. So I think it's something like only 1% of all episodes have five or more complications. So it's not a huge problem in terms of the number of episodes that are affected. But some of these episodes with a lot of complications are some of the more costly episodes. And so if we're over-predicting the cost of of those episodes, we could be wildly over-predicting the cost of complications. And obviously, we don't want to do that. Mm. So how did you overcome that problem? So our basic approach was to just scale down our results from the individual complications model. So as I mentioned just before, the any complication model worked quite well. So we're pretty happy with the total cost of complications estimate that we get from that. So if we take that estimate, but then take um, estimates of the share of the total um, that are contributed by individual complications from our individual complication models. We can just take those shares and apply them to the total that we think is accurate. Mm -hmm. So essentially just scaling down our results. So I think what that ends up with, we end up with a a total cost of complications that makes sense and then um, estimates of the cost of complications, of, of individual complications that are consistent with that. Mm-hmm. So once you'd perfected the model to your satisfaction, what were the results? So as I said, we used data from 2014-15 and what we found was complications added more than $4 billion to the cost of acute admissions at pub- public hospitals wow. in that year. Yeah, so quite a large number and it works out at about 13% of the total cost of admissions. And so put another way, that's about one in every $8 that were spent on uh, acute admissions of public hospitals related to funding uh, these complications. Um, We didn't have cost data for private hospitals, but if we essentially extrapolate some of our results from our public hospital analysis to activity data we have for private hospitals, that suggests that there's more than a billion dollars of cost of complications in private hospital admissions as well. So does that mean the national hospital cost data collection is only for public hospitals? It's not for private hospitals? Is that why you didn't have that data available? So I believe there is a separate uh, collection for private hospitals, but mm. we just took the, the public hospital data initially. And mm-hmm. so that's the only one we've looked at for, the, for this mm. analysis. And are there particular types of complications? You know, you said there's 175 complications. Are there particular types that are mostly responsible for the costs that we're seeing? Yeah, there are. And it's it's actually, it's quite interesting that there's a distinction to be made between um, when talking about which of the complications most responsible. There's, there's a distinction to be made between complications that are very costly each time they occur, but are thankfully quite rare, versus... Uh, complications that are less costly each time they occur, but actually occur a lot. And so um, regarding that first type, the costly but rare, we can see things like complications of transplants, uh, sepsis infections, um, particularly bad pressure injuries, bed sores. Mm. Um, 
they can cost over ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars per occurrence. But thankfully, there's only a few hundred or a few thousand uh, of them occur each year. Mm-hmm. Then in the other type of complications, so the less costly but more common ones, so things like electrolyte disorders, which is like a fluid imbalance uh, or even something like constipation, they only cost a few hundred or a couple of thousand dollars per occurrence, we estimate, but there might be tens of thousands of them each year. And it's those ones that end up being the biggest contributors to cost. So if we look at, um, so there's 175 individual types of complication uh, and they break down into some major classes of complication. When we break them down into those classes, we see that hospital acquired infections as a class is probably the biggest contributor. So we estimate Mm. that hospital acquired infections probably add about $900 million to cost. Right. Um, So Greg, million dollar question for you. Are these costs avoidable? And if so, how do we go about that? So the short answer is they're not all avoidable, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So those very large numbers, $4 billion in public hospitals and a a billion dollars in private, they shouldn't be interpreted as, oh, well, that can all be saved Mm. because it's just the the complex nature of medical care that even with the best care, some of these complications are still going to occur. So they may not be completely avoidable and preventable, but they're definitely reducible. And so in our previous report, which I mentioned earlier, all complications should count, I talked about how we looked at the variation in uh, complication rates between hospitals. And I should also note that that was done on what we call a risk-adjusted basis. So when we looked at the complication rate in one hospital versus another, we took into account the complexity of those patients Because obviously one hospital may have a high rate of complications, but they may just be treating very complex patients. Mm -hmm. So it's always important to do that risk adjustment. And that's what we did in that report. And so when we looked at the variation, we also thought about, well, what's the realistic scope for improvement here? And the conclusion we came to in that report was that we think an ambitious but realistic target is to improve performance to that of the safest 10% of hospitals. Sure. And we also uh, set out in that report that if we were to achieve that, we could actually achieve an extra 250,000 admissions or so each year. An extra 250,000 admissions would go complication-free each year. Mm. So that's analysis we did in our previous report. Now, if we match that analysis up with some that we've done uh, for the upcoming report, some of this new analysis is telling us that Having at least one of any complication adds about $6,000 to a, to the cost of a hospital episode. Right. So if we take that $6,000 per episode with a complication and we say we may actually be able to reduce the number of episodes with a complication by 250000 that suggests that we could actually save about $1.5 billion if we met that um, realistic but ambitious safety improvement target. Wow, that is a significant saving. Mm. Um, so can you just just give us a, a little bit of a sneak peek on what we're likely to see from this report coming out in a few weeks? Yep, so obviously it'll, it'll include some of the analysis um, we've been talking about today. So the costs that we've estimated that complications add, 
to the funding of our public hospitals and, and private hospitals. Um, also, as I just mentioned there, some of the savings that we think are achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also be uh, talking about how we think hospitals and governments should be using the data um, that we have on, on the cost of complications. Also, how hospitals and governments should be using financial incentives um, for safety and quality. And we'll also be going beyond some of the the cost data and thinking about what are some of the other uh, incentives and requirements that we have on hospitals for uh, safety and quality. So things like our accreditation system um, and also some of the processes by which medical colleges uh, determine where they send their trainees. So it'll be a pretty broad look at at various aspects of safety and quality. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Greg. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the next report when it's released. Uh, For a copy of the reports we've discussed today, you can head to our website, grattan.edu.au, and stay up to date with all of Grattan's news, reports and events by subscribing to our Twitter, at Grattan Inst, or on Facebook, Grattan Institute. And, of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, then please help your friends to find it by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Grattan Institute is uniquely positioned to bring an independent, rigorous and practical lens to big issues in public policy, with the capacity to talk honestly to both sides of politics. We maintain this unique position through the generosity of the public and our affiliate companies. If you would like to find out more about contributing to our continued independence, head to our website to donate, grattan.edu.au. This has been a Grattan Institute podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes.